A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, Jesus named the two commandments which summarize the whole law and the prophets. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is at the very heart of religion. Love is the lens which guides us in discerning what is true and just. I recently read an article by James Finley on a 13th century Christian mystic, Mechtild of Magdeburg. Mechtild draws us into an intimate conversation with God. God says to her that he's so freely chosen to be so hopelessly in love with her that he quite honestly doesn't know if he could handle being God without her. Can you imagine that conversation with God? That God has freely chosen to be so hopelessly in love with you and that God doesn't know if God can handle being God without you in your brokenness. We hear this same intimacy in Paul's words to the Thessalonians. We were gentle among you as a nursing mother cares for her children. With such affection for you, We were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well. So dearly beloved had you become to us. The New York Metropolitan Opera opened their fall season with a performance of Jake Hagee's opera, Dead Men Walking. I attended the HD broadcast of the performance. Dead Men Walking is a love story between Sister Helen Prejean and the death row inmates she accompanies. At the beginning of Act Two, Joseph de Rocher is only days away from execution, and Sister Helen is still struggling to find the strength to forgive him. She wakes up screaming from a nightmare about Joe and his victims. Sister Rose, another nun in the convent, rushes to her side and comforts her, Rose reminds Helen 
that she has agreed to help Joe, and she can only do so if she can forgive Joe herself. Rose challenges Helen, Have you forgiven him? Believing that God forgives, we can perhaps hide behind Christ's forgiveness, avoiding just how difficult personal forgiveness really is. Sister Rose and Sister Helen sing together about the call to embody the mercy of God. God's love and forgiveness are of precious little consolation if we do not feel it for our fellow man. The story of redemption is the core theme of the opera. Sister Helen's faith is based on being able to see the face of God in each and every person. What if she finds she is unable to see it in this man or forgive him? When we love others with the same love that loves us, we make God present. We put flesh on God and become the face of love for others. Love does not bind up heavy burdens to lay on others' shoulders. Rather, love is reaching out our hands to lighten the burdens that others carry. In the movie version of Dead Men Walking, the convicted killer was not named Joseph de Rocher, but Matthew Poncelet. Tim Robbins deliberately selected the name Matthew because Matthew's gospel is the only gospel that tells the parable of the unforgiving servant, which ends with the challenge, unless each of you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Chapters 18 and 19 of Matthew's Gospel focus on conflicts within the church. In the end, only forgiveness and mercy can settle accounts between people who are estranged. In today's Gospel, Jesus is challenging religious behavior that focuses on externals while avoiding any attempt at transformation of the heart. The late Jesuit theologian Bernard Lonergan helps us recognize what an authentic religious word looks like. According to Lonergan, true religion celebrates the transformation of evil into a greater good. Lonergan uses the image of a blotter that absorbs evil in love and responds with forgiveness. In the letter to the Philippians, St. Paul writes, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Lonergan calls this the law of the cross. Through his suffering and death on the cross, Jesus Christ gave humanity an entirely new blueprint for life, an entirely changed meaning, a way to replace the three biases leading to sin and death with three divine virtues, faith, hope, and love. It is through love that the egoism of individual bias is addressed and through love that we care for others and counteract group bias. It is through hope that we work for the common good of all humanity 
in bringing Christian love. And through faith, we counteract the general bias that sacrifices common sense for true understanding. Love motivates Christ to accept evil without retaliation, to bear the burden of suffering that results from the other's evil act. That loving response, not hatred or retaliation, but self-sacrifice, is transformative. Jesus raised from the dead is the hope of those who follow in his path of love, whereby the cycle of retaliation can be broken. Lonergan insists that any word that would purport to be religious, but that runs counter to or neglects this dimension of returning good for evil, is fraudulent, a manifestation of deviated transcendence, no matter what sacred authority utters it. By loving and understanding each other and the world we inhabit, we participate in the beloved community of the people of God that will surely overcome and transform all manner of evils into the supreme good of God's justice and mercy. The centerpiece of the first act of Dead Man Walking is an aria sung by Sister Helen as she travels to the prison for the first time to meet the murderer, Joseph de Rocher. This journey, this journey to Christ, this journey to my God, this journey to myself, to my Jesus, to this man, this journey, this journey to the truth, this journey. Sister Helen's journey is our journey, our journey to the truth, the truth about ourselves.